Skulls and Ghouls. Turn out the lights. And keep the popcorn coming. Because it's time for another episode of Fright Fights Podcast. Fright Fights, Fights Podcast. Get ready for your gore gang. Tyler Cavett, Chris Lax, and Mike McKinney tackling horror news, reviews, and fight for their survival. Coming to you from the Fright Fights Fear Lodge. Get ready to sink your fangs into a battle that will make your blood run cold. This is Fright Fights. You guys know that every October, I decide to take a little bit of break from anything else that I'm doing outside of watching 31 horror movies from in 31 days. I watch every single one of those movies that I've never seen before. So 31 movies I've never seen. Out of all the movies that came out in October, I can choose anything, whether it be old movies, new movies. As long as I haven't seen it, it makes the cut. This movie, the Hell House LLC, was the most excited movie that I was looking forward to the most. I was so excited. I could not wait. And we had like I had like a little countdown going down. And then Mike posted on Facebook like the day it came out, like before I was even able to watch it, that he was watching it. And I was like really jealous and mad. I was like, stop that, Mike. Um, <laughs> but I was I was so excited because I really love the first Hell House movie. And even two and three are good. Uh, but the first one has made the cut. Me and Mike, I think both found this as one of the best found footage horror films ever. Like it's up there with the Blair Witch Project, in my personal opinion, as being really intense and really scary. So yeah, I was looking forward to watching the new Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. And let's just say it really delivered. Um, Now, I still like the original one better. I still like the first film better. But this was, it had scares where there needed to be scares. It had laughs where there needed to be laughs. And throughout the entire thing, it was really intense. Um, they go back into the the deliverance of the clowns, like where the clowns came from. So, it's, I mean, it is an origin story, so you're going to get that. Um, and it works. It tells you how everything started and still lets you be scared by new ghosts or new whatever you want, new demons or whatever they are. Um, and it's at a new place, so it's it's unfamiliar territory, so you don't know where things are going to go. They even make a roundabout into the woods, which delves with a really creepy moment as well. Uh, overall, I thought it was a fantastic entry into the Hell House LLC franchise, and it is probably the second best of the films. Um, I mean, I do like two and three, but this one's probably the second best of the entire franchise, and I really hope that they make a third, or well, a fourth, fifth, whatever this one's called. This is an origin story, so it's a prequel. But um, I want them to make another one. I really hope he does. No, yeah, and I love Stephen Cognetti. He's such a nice guy. Um, and I think that everybody was so surprised by how great the first one was. We constantly just want to see what's next, what's coming next with the you know, Hell House. So I am not personally a fan of the second one or the third one. The second one was stronger than the third. Third completely lost it for me. So if you're looking at me saying, you know, we're making a fourth Hell House movie, um, which is what the, the fourth one was. It was a prequel, but that would be the only way I could think that they could bring back the series to kind of redeem it. 
because if they made a fourth movie that kind of went past the third, first of all, how they would do that. But secondly, it's just like kind of like getting stale at that point. So whenever I saw the Carmichael Manor um, announced that it was going to be a prequel and kind of watched the first trailer, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I was, you know, I think that it's something that's really interesting because you watch the first Hill House and what kind of like strikes you first thing is are these um kind of like, I guess you would say like puppets, like, um you know, almost like mannequins that's setting them in the basement and you really don't know much about them or the history behind it so it's kind of interesting to explore that uncharted you know water to be able to see kind of where their origin was um i have to agree that it was my second favorite i i like the first one better um this one where it lost it for me was i think that overall it just seemed a little bit like i wasn't really buying into the the origin how did you guys kind of like feel about that i'll ask your opinion because i i really didn't get the story of you know like how they kind of originated and they put that kind of detail in there yeah it, it was still scary and it was still interesting i i loved it like i i you know i have to say i got scared several times throughout yeah. but the actual story take away those scares are we making sense here with you know does it make sense I'll uh, that that part was confusing. Um, the the whole story outline, but but when I first watched this, though, to be a hundred hundred percent honest, I didn't even really pay attention to the story at first. Now I I watched it two times, but the very first time I I watched it by myself in the living room, all the lights out, and I was freaked out. I really felt like somebody was behind me, like the very first one gave me those vibes. Now I'm I'm with you all. The very first one is top notch. Um, I put the Carmichael Manor at second, the second Hell House at third, and the third at last. Uh, the the third Hell House was probably the weakest, to be honest. Yeah, it's awful. But in regards to that, I got super super freaked out. Uh, there were a lot of creepy scenes. The one hallway scene where the brother was by by himself. And the chick kind of like looked out of the corner when she was in like uh, the living room or the side, you know, looking down the hallway. I think, dude, I'm talking about it right now and I'm getting goosebumps. Like if I saw that, (laughs) I'd run through the glass window and bust out of there. It it was frightening. And there were so many like parts that I can talk about it and I could go on this whole episode talking about this. But just the jump scenes, the creepiness. I thought it was very well done. Now, back to the point, when I watched it the second time, I tried to pay attention to it. And I don't know where or how this fits into the Hell Houses other than the clown, you know, really. But the story just, to me, maybe if we could get Stephen Cognetti on the show and explain that to us, I didn't understand it. So that's, that's me. Yeah, I didn't really follow the the story too much. I was just more interested in seeing the creepy found footage factor that the movie plays off of and seeing yeah. the clowns and seeing what they're going to do, like what kind of scares are next in store. Uh, so I didn't really, you know, like Mike, I didn't pay much attention to the overall story arc 
when I watched it. And I didn't watch it the second time. I only watched it once. Um, maybe I need to go back and see and see how it all plays out. But yeah, it didn't bother me. Uh, I didn't, to be honest, I, when it comes to stories like this, I really don't care how they tie stuff together as long as they deliver on atmosphere and they deliver on the scares and interesting plot. So, yeah. Uh, so if you guys pay attention more, if you guys pay attention more to like the scares to it, what were some of your favorite moments? Because I, I do think it was highly effective with some of those scares some of them I felt like were a little bit kind of, they're getting a little stale. Like, you know, when you have a found footage movie, you have the house, you have the, you know, obviously we know what those clowns are capable of to begin with. And we kind of understand the backstory of the Abaddon hotel and the Carmichael Manor kind of ties directly in with the Abaddon hotel. So I don't know how effective you guys felt like the scares were. It's not like you guys did get very scared by it. I, for one i had moments to where i'm like okay yeah we get it the clown knows it's gonna come out here it is yep there it is it's in the floor you know what i mean it's kind of like that but there was a truly terrifying scene that i love so much and it's whenever they're in the um i forgot the, i don't know the character's name i forgot but he was laying in the the bedroom the door was closed and it already has that kind of like 1990s bible thumping kind of feel to it like the whole bedroom atmosphere and you hear like these knocks on the door and he's essentially just like he's right outside the door i know somebody's there and he goes to open it and no one's there and then he sees and then he looks around and then the clown's standing there and then he like yeah. goes up to it that was my favorite like scare i love that i thought that was very effective it really they're becoming limited on options. You could tell with what they can do with this story. But I think for the, for one, that was the scariest moment for me. What would you guys think about um, being I, the scariest moments for you guys? There were, there were two for me and I'll only meant like the, the one that, well, I'll, I'll talk about both of them. The one, the one where she was on the computer and it was like the camera was behind her and she was like talking to the, I think the real estate agent, about showing some homes and she's like, is everything okay? And like, she's like, what is this? And it was like, somebody was pointing the camera at her viewing on the, on the computer. And then she looks back and there's nothing there. And then she looks over and there's like a chick right there beside her. And like it, the computer just goes off and dude, that was like really frightening because <laughs> I had to look behind me when I was like, like watching that just to make sure I just felt creepy. I felt like, you know, the goosebumps. But, mm -hmm. um, and then there was another one. It was very subtle because if you remember like what Stephen Cognetti said, it's not about like the jumping out and like the blood and the murder. It was like just the small, subtle scares. And I'll tell you one thing. I really liked the, like the, uh, it was the ring, the doorbell, or not the doorbell ring, but like the ring to the kitchen so like the it rang they were all sitting at the the table and they were like holy shit somebody's upstairs ringing that bell and just just that ringing like that that was frightening and nothing really happened but other than that ringing and i'm I like forgot Dude, that's not that one that's really creepy like nothing majorly happened other than that ringing but like then again that hasn't worked in years so i was like that's really terrifying that means someone's upstairs ringing that fucking bell, and that was scary. <laughs> I love when yeah. Mike describes like horror yeah. movements like that. God, oh. no, but you know right. you're kind of right with that, Mike, because they say in horror. I forgot who I forgot. I read this somewhere, but essentially, 
what scares people the most is not those like in your face seeing the monster exactly it's more so just like the small details like seeing somebody get their fingernail ripped off because you yeah. know how that feels or hearing a bell and like knowing no one's home you know what that's like you know what like, I mean? like if you yeah. guys thought about this right now if you're you're all at, at your place and i'm right here and and let's just say we were all alone and you you and let's say something didn't work in your house and then all of a sudden it was working again it would draw curiosity and like you're like what the hell how's that working it would really freak (laughs) you out and that freaked me out just knowing like holy shit there's like somebody upstairs ringing that door or ringing that um what is it the dinner bell or something like that or yeah it's like a little like yeah like a service bell bell. yeah service bell yeah One of my favorite scares comes very subtle like that as well. Um, it's very slow. It's the scene where they run out into the woods and they're trying to get away and they think they've escaped. But then all of a sudden, after they keep walking, like where you can't even see the house any further, there's this distant scream that they keep hearing. And the further that they walk, the louder the scream gets, like they're getting closer and closer to wherever this scream's coming from. And I know that if I was, I've been in the woods by myself where you can't see anything. And if there's something that you don't know is there, it's pretty scary. So yeah. if I put myself in that position and if I was in the woods by my by myself, especially after something horrible like that's happened, and I just hear something screaming and you don't know what it is or where it's coming from or what's happening to them, it's pretty scary. And that really creeped me out. Um, but to also talk about the scene you were talking about, Mike, with the um the the computer where she's in the interview and the the cameras behind her and stuff oh Um, yeah that that scene it's a very predictable scene because they use that a lot where somebody's watching a video and the video is of them you know it's happened a few times in horror films and it's kind of predictable but what you didn't know was when they were going to show the killer or the the ghost and you didn't know what exactly they were going to show that's what the scare really came from and that's what i liked about it I'll give you one more, and you guys probably probably won't like this one, but it it was creepy. Um, it was the shadow. Uh, I think I think the guy was alone, and he was looking down the hallway from his bedroom, and he saw like shadows moving around, and it was in the storage like unit, like the door was open, so you could see like if somebody was moving around, it looked like somebody was walking around. And you could just see the shadows moving back and forth. And he was like, all right, here we go. And he, he runs down there and there's nobody there, but the, the dummy clowns. And he's like, Ugh. and he's scared. And it's just like, he, I think he goes up and like, does he touch one of the masks? Maybe he doesn't. I don't know if it's that scene, but anyways, to me, that's frightening because you obviously saw something moving in there. And then like, if I, if it was me, I'd be like, holy shit, there's somebody in there. I'd lock the doors or something. But I think his <laughs> sister came back at that time or something. I, it was weird, but. That that freaked me out. Did you guys get a feeling of the main actress? I think I talked to Mike about this, but the main actress, she reminded me a lot of the girl from Dashcam. I wonder if she is. Is she not? Did you guys look it up? She, she's not, but she's not. She, she's not, but she has that same tone to her. Like she she seems that same style, that same I don't know, just that same type of character. And it really, I kept really being confused by it throughout the movie. I kept thinking that she was going to jump right into that whole like rap gimmick that that girl had. And it kept throwing me off, like putting me out of it. You know what, Chris? That now you're mentioning it. That's what the film was missing for me. That's what, if that had the rap in it, I would be fine with it. No, but honestly. You guys may hate me, but like it's just like I would I would put it on the same level as Dashcam. 
Um, you know, the scares are nothing like it. Like this, like you can't really compare the two. But with in terms of like how effective it was, I feel as a story, it was kind of on the lines of like a dash cam for me. You know, it kind of felt like one of those things you would watch in like a you know horror anthology, like the ABCs of Death or like Wreck or something or like a VHS to where you can kind of just see like a 15, 20 minute snippet. There's something in the house. You know, we hear the dinner bell. We see the clowns. It could have been much, much more condensed. I just felt like at times it felt like it was just going on and on and on and I don't think that the payoff was really there at the end, but I do think it was effective in the scares. I think that the story was, it made sense for the, for the, you know, the series as a whole. So if you were making a fourth, you know, if you're making a fourth film, I don't think it could have been, sorry, my series like literally on. Uh Oh, it's the Carmichael house. Carmichael's coming to get me is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, this a, was this a prequel? Was this like before everything happened or or what? No, this is a prequel. So it essentially, like I said, I don't think it could go. They could not have a fourth movie. The, after that third movie, there's no way. I could not see them yeah. continuing on the story that way. The only thing they could have done was go as a prequel, which we get the Carmichael Manor. So I don't see I don't well, see any more films. Here's, this. here's the confusing part. So it, it does tell you about it being like how the clown originated and everything like that. I think that's where the, the prequel is. The prequel comes from because they actually mention the Abaddon the Hotel. Abaddon and House. How it had, yeah, and how it had already been burnt to the ground, which is the ending yes. of part three. And then they also had yeah. artifacts in that like that shop of like the, the wine. In, yeah, from the Abaddon. So it can't be like the actual before for everything i mean it would be impossible right wouldn't it yeah it's like a sequel but a prequel in as how that clown developed how the clown got from place to place so that's the the prequel with the clown yeah it gives you the it gives you the answers that you're looking for in a prequel but it also kind of gives that yeah i could kind of get that i call it a prequel because we get the answers we've always wanted you know we go back before to see where they originated so that's why it's a prequel in my eyes but i do understand like you know this is many years later but because even the clock when she got the when she got the note out of the clock set it it referred back to the abaddon hotel and it showed it in the corner of like the dining room at the at the hotel it was like in each one of those movies and it it kind of referenced off of that. So I kind of got confused on that part. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it is kind of confusing, but I think it does fit pretty well. Like, like, like what I was saying, the one thing that's most successful about this is kind of how it fits into that puzzle. And it does gotcha. give you those answers you've been wanting. So um, overall, to put that to rest, I would say it was decent. I enjoyed it. I hate not saying I liked it because I did like it. I didn't hate it by any means. I just didn't love it. I really, really wanted to love it. Yeah, I, I can I can respect that. What would you rate it? One out of ten. Five. What about you? Okay. Like? Well, I, I came in a little higher on that. I was expecting a higher rating from Tyler. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. I gave it a seven. So, uh, yeah. So the very first Hell House. I know you guys will probably slap me for this. I loved the first Hell House. I mean, it's hard not to love it. Such kind of like low budget, not not very average. You know, hasn't been advertised. Um, I gave it the first Hell House. Like, <laughs> if we were doing halves, 
I don't say it's a 10, but I gave it a nine, nine out of 10. I really enjoyed it. But uh, the Carmichael Manor, I, I really, really like this. Um, and I am going to go just a step up above. I'm going to give it an eight. I, I really liked it because it scared me. The The story is very confusing, but it scared me. And that's the point mm-hmm. of these movies. It, it, it frightened me. So, um, and I'll go down through the list of the Hell House movies because I'm such a fan. Um, and then the second <laughs> Hell House, I gave it a six. And the third Hell House, I gave it a four. I didn't, I, 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 that's just kind of my rating through them all. Yeah, man. I was wanting so much more from the third movie and I am kind of bummed it because see, I want these movies to be successful. Right. I think that the, the original story, like the very first Hell House LLC does such a good job. You're just like, I want more, but then you get more and it's just like, but I mean, maybe we didn't want more. You know what I mean? Like maybe we just yeah. wanted Hell House to so go back and watch the first one before you watch anything else. But, you know, I think this kind of is a good transition because we think about movies that are based around kind of like, haunted houses and halloween and stuff so obviously october is an extremely busy month for a horror fan like chris watches he goes all out 31 movies in 31 days um i'm not quite there but i want to say uh, yeah i I try (laughs) what happens to me is there's always like a a tv show that comes out that i really like which i'm going to talk about later and i just i can't wait i'm so excited to mention that but um I kind of want to ask you guys, what do you guys kind of just do in October overall? I know Chris watched the 31 movies, but do you guys have any like quintessential watches? Like, do you have movies like you're like, this is October. I watch this movie every single October. This is what I do for Halloween. Yeah. Do you have um, um, quintessential movies? I used to until I started doing the 31 horror movies I'd never seen before because that between a full-time job, family and stuff, it's really hard to fit all that stuff in there. Um, nowadays, those movies that I used to watch all the time that I've seen before are playing in the background whenever I'm getting ready for work or cleaning the house or whatever, you know, whatnot. Um, so I don't really do anything else besides watch 31 horror movies I've never seen. And then occasionally I'll do something else horribly. Like I, I like to go to horror shops, uh, you know, Spirit Halloween and, and buy horror merchandise. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to Halloween music, which I do that all year round pretty much anyways. Um, but one thing I, I, I used to do was go to haunted houses and over the years they have gotten out of hand, like worse and worse. Like I, I don't even enjoy them anymore. They're not fun for me anymore. And if you remember Tyler, a couple years ago, we tried oh, yeah. to go together to like three separate ones. And I had a horrible experience at all three that we went to. And it was nothing like being scared or anything. It was just like the people that were involved were, did not make it fun to go through and, and cause problems and everything. So um, if you remember that, it was just not a very good time. Oh no. Yeah. Chris is cursed with haunted house. So because every time we went through them, it was in the same night too. So it was back to back to back every single time. Something always happened that was aimed and geared towards Chris. <laughs> it was always <laughs> negative too. They just like, yeah. they, they saw him. He has a target on his back. That was it. So yeah, that was not, we had no luck at all. I think the last haunt we what we like literally walked out early we just left it well there was one if you remember uh my wife doesn't do very well with strobe lights like she Mm -hmm. can't handle the the flashing lights it it really makes her really sick to the point where she will pass out and we got to a room and they there was you know flashing lights and we looked over and we said is there an alternate way around these to go through the haunted house and they said no but there's an you can go ahead and leave this way 
So we started to leave and like the people wouldn't let us leave the haunted house. They kept saying that we couldn't go through there. This isn't a way out. And it's like, we need to get out of this area before we get to the strobe lights. And they kept like calling us. They're like, oh, you're just a bunch of pussies and stuff. You can't handle it. You're too scared. (laughs) You need to let me out of here before my wife actually passes out. Like, Mm -hmm. get the fuck out of my way. And they just would not let us leave. And it like, it really, really set me off, you know? Yeah. And then you had your phone ripped from your hands before that. (laughs) I remember. And the guy was, he he was like, I thought he was doing a bit too. Uh, well, at first, like I had my phone in my hand and the guy literally reaches over, grabs the phone out of my hand and is like, what are you doing with your phone? And like, and I, I was like, at first I didn't know what to think because I, it was unexpected. And um, I was like, well, actually give my phone back. I was like, you don't, I was like, why'd you touch me and take my phone? And he's like, well, you don't need to have your phone out in here. And I was like, he was like, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm just saying you ain't supposed to have your phone out. And I was like, don't ever touch me. And don't ever take my stuff off of me ever again. And like he was just like, it's not cool, man, to, to go through with the with the phone. I was like, what the fuck are you talking? I just have my phone in my hand. Like <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And God. nowadays it's hard to tell because like you see things like the McCamey Manor and all that oh, yeah. coming about, which is now gonna expose, which I love. I think it's great <laughs> that they're exposing him because that guy is absolutely insane. Psychotic. I mean, Russ McCamey is just, he's an absolute monster. And he thinks he's doing something like cutting edge and crazy. But, you know, there's actually rumors coming out. This is completely kind of off topic to what we were talking about. But I just want to say there's like rumors that the McCamey Manor doesn't even exist. Like the guy shows up and takes you outside in like this open field and just has you carry around this like dog food and like he puts like upside down glasses on you and it's almost like he almost fetishizes that and he just like like fucks with you and messes around with you but there's no actual haunted house and anytime somebody asks that they want to go through this haunted house and say you know i want to go through the haunted house i've done all your you know stupid warm-ups i've done my jumping jacks i've sat here and let you put paint on my face Where's the haunted house? Let's go through it. I want to go through these crazy. He he claims to have these two mile long zip lines, and they're gonna put his their their like heads in like these like infested hives with bees. And there was all this kind of crazy stuff that they were going to do to torture these people, and it doesn't exist. That's the thing. And there, I know like the McCamey is in this big lawsuit right now, and I really truly hope that this is the end because I think that. I've been following the McCamey Manor and I, I kind of have this fascination with it because I'm like, why the hell would anybody want to subject themselves to that? I don't find that to be horror. Um, I don't even find that to be torture porn. I find that to be fucking disgusting in a weird way. And like yeah. this guy, like, dude, I mean, like, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, Nush McCamey, and like, he needs to kind of just go down at this point. I've done extensive research and it seems like it's finally going to happen. So, I mean, we'll see where that comes from. But damn, like, you can't really like like Chris is saying you can't go through a haunted house nowadays and enjoy it because you have right. people like Russ around that ruins it, or you have people working and volunteering their time to the haunted house, which is great, but at the end of the day, like they're fucking ruining the experience for people. So like, as a horror they, fan, they take it too serious. They yeah. act like that is their daily job, and if they don't get that job done, that they're gonna die. Like that's mm-hmm. how they act. And it's usually people who are 100% unprofessional. They they don't know how to like interact with normal people on a daily basis usually. And this is their one way, like their escape. You know, their one way to escape the the normal day to day duties that they have or whatever. And it's 
most of the time the people that you interact with at these haunted houses or these scary events or whatever are not somebody you would want to interact with on a daily day day-to-day basis yeah like the true horror fans i feel like it's not going to be in a haunted house like acting in it they're going to be yeah. like out like watching movies going through these haunted houses and stuff it's almost like a sadistic approach you know yeah, what I, mean? I, used to, I, I used to be in haunted houses whenever i was a, a teenager i used to go it up explains and be, everything you know, <laughs> yeah as, right as teenagers we would go through we build our our haunted houses and stuff and we would do this but we it would be 100 fun like everything in there was fun and if there was a problem with somebody you know you would take your mask off and you'd be like oh man sorry we're just you know kidding or whatever you know that's mm-hmm. how it was it was just all fun and it's over the years it's developed into something much more than what it should be and it just it's not yeah. something that's entertaining or fun anymore yeah there's it's a wild man so- I'll recommend two watches. Um, one of them is Haunters, The Art of the Scare. It's on Netflix. That talks about the McKay Manor and like how haunted houses are getting so extreme now. And then there's also one on Hulu that just came out. I forgot the name of it, but that that's it's called Monster. A lot of attention. Monster Inside Me, right? That's the one. Yep. And yeah. And they Monster talk about the McKay Manor. So there's two really good documentaries that's fairly recent that just came out talking about this. So I would recommend any like horror documentary lover, check them out. Completely sidetrack, but I think those are two really, really good documentaries. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, what, sure. did you, what did you watch during Halloween? Well, I didn't watch anything, but I went to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk about Russ McCain. No, seriously, though, that guy's I could spend three hours on that. Um, Mike, before I go any further, what what do you like doing during Halloween? Besides, uh, I mean, just the actual like normal watching all the scary movies. The ritual for me, the 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 go to for me is always going to be like, you know, the Michael Myers Halloween's. It's always on AMC. Doesn't bother me like with like AMC, like the commercials. I love it. It's always on my TV, like when I come home, when I'm laying down. Um, so that's that's pretty like 24-7 through October for me is the what Halloween. What the hell am I looking now, at? Yeah, Lax, what are you doing? <laughs> is that your butt? <laughs> oh, God. Not that old. He, he, oh, he, Lax is the camera. I'm so yeah. sorry. Lax is, like this, he's like, Lax is like this. All this haunted house talk and people putting their hands on me. Put put your hands on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like, yes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, but, Mike. Um, I'm sorry. The special no, show no, for no, you guys. Like, I mean, shit, Lax, take it off. But um, <laughs> no. So that's that's always a go-to for me and my family. Now, where my kids are younger, um, they love they love Goosebumps. And then speaking of Goosebumps, the Goosebumps series on Disney Plus, which was absolutely fantastic. We finally got caught up with everything. My kids loved. Disney plot like loved or loved the Goosebumps series. Um, I thought it was well done. I liked all the characters. I think Lax, Lax, have you finished it? Yeah, I fin- after okay. October ended. Tyler, I finished Tyler, it too. have you watched that yet, Tyler? On Disney Plus, did you like it? No. Okay, right, well, that's fair. There were some very slow episodes, but overall, I enjoyed most of it. Now, my both my kids love the Goosebump movies. They love the first one the best, mm-hmm. and then they love the, the second one. And I, I'm a huge fan of those as well. But um, so we watch those. And then, you know, of course, the uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, they love that. So 
I mean, it's always like kind of family oriented um, when it comes to like Halloween movies. Uh, Halloween Town, my daughter loves that. Um, we did watch The Haunted Mansion. God, that was a long movie. Um, the newer one. Um, the Muppets? I ended up watching. No, 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 no. Um, the... No, 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 no. no, no. I, I did see it, though. I didn't mind that. My, my daughter used to love it. No, dude, but here's the thing. I, my, my I saw a thing it. online, and it said, you know, it's kind of bad that there's three Haunted Mansion movies, and the highest rated one is the fucking the Muppets. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Muppets. That's the best one. Dude, Just my saying. daughter... My daughter loves that one, and honestly, I watch it and kind of enjoy it. But um, the 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 one that just came out, man, it's very long. Um, my daughter did not like it; she was not a fan, and it kind of shocked me because I thought she would. Um, she actually fell asleep, and we had to watch it the second day, and she she didn't care for it. So, not not a huge fan of that. I thought Owen Wilson was just. I think his role is just like played out. I, I think he's just. He's not funny anymore. He's the most annoying one. He is very annoying. Like he, wow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Chris, we fucking hate Owen Wilson. If you say anything otherwise, we're gonna get pissed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just not a. I used to be such a fan of him. It's just that that role has just kind of like been played played out. You know, the stupid funny guy that you know everybody loves and cherishes. It's just not there anymore. Um, Especially the role of being in kind of a, a somewhat of a scary movie. Uh, that's that's not his forte. But um, yeah. speaking of this, uh, for what you guys watched, um, this reminds me of something, Mike, that you watched uh, during October. And Tyler is not going to be happy with this at all. But yeah. some people might not know this, but Mike had never seen the Nightmare on Elm Street movies before. No. So Mike decided to watch wait, wait, the wait, 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 let's, let's let's correct this. Okay, so I've seen some. I've not seen an order. I have I've never been a you're gonna get mad. Uh back then it was all about Michael Myers and Jason for me for the most part. I did not give Freddy Krueger the time at the, that when I was growing up. So but I did watch I think I, back in the day I, I watched the first one, skip two, three, four um, watch the new nightmare. I really enjoyed the new nightmare. And then I hated the one that just like came out, what, 10 years ago or a little bit longer than that. Absolutely hated that one. Um, but so yeah, I watched them all in order. Uh, I, I did it within a week and, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't, it's still not top of the top for me, but I'm glad I watched it. And I I do appreciate it. I think I would have loved it if I watched it in the you know in the nineties and early two thousands rather than watching it all now. But speaking on that, I will give you. I I really enjoyed uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, what is it? Three and four. I really enjoyed that very well. Um, still a new nightmare. Um, Wes Craven's new nightmare. I love that one. But um, three and four are probably my favorites. Out of the series. Dude, give me Halloween. Give me Friday the 13th. Give me fucking Child's Play, Leprechaun. Give me every single horror franchise in the world. And I will always tell you my favorite is going to be Nightmare on the Street. I absolutely think that the series is genius. I think it's crazy that Wes Craven's able to completely redefine horror. Chris has already heard this speech many, many times. He's known me for a very long time. So let's go ahead and just do the speech for the 80th time. 
Okay. So I think it's absolutely insane that a guy could come into horror and redefine that entire genre every 10 years. We get Last House on the Left and we kind of get this whole, you know, rape revenge kind of style. Then we turn corners and we get something that, you know, he haunts your dreams. You can't escape it. Nightmare Elm Street. 10 years later, we realize we're getting exhausted from watching all these slasher films. So then he makes a slasher parody series, Scream. He completely just redefines the entire genre. And I absolutely love Wes Craven for that. My favorite, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, is probably my absolute favorite. Second favorite would be Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. And then Mm -hmm. my third to favorite would probably be New Nightmare. Um, I don't claim 2010s to be even part. I don't think it's even a Nightmare on Elm Street film. I just completely discard it as it ever existed because it doesn't belong. But, you know, I even like two. A lot of people hate two. And I think that two has some really interesting concepts in it, at least, because, I mean, you look at Scream Queens during the time and they were kind of like, you know, what if we had a male Scream Queen? They literally ruined that guy's career. I forgot his name. Well, I don't know why I forgot his name, but they completely ruined that guy's career. And you can watch it um, on Shudder. There's an entire documentary about it. So there's just so much rich history for Nightmare on Elm Street. And I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll say, just to continue this conversation too, I've had a very polarizing October. I've had a hell of a month. Um, on It's very polarizing because on one side, I've seen some of my favorite films and favorite television series as ever. I've seen some of the worst shit that has ever come out of Hollywood. So let's get to the worst first. Um, I watch Exorcist Believer, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, I think that it was among one of the worst pieces of horror cinema. Have you guys seen this, first of all? Nope. Nope. Um, well, it's basically The Exorcist, but there's two of them. That's the, That was the big gimmick for the entire thing. There was barely a pulse the entire time I was watching this film. I was absolutely just thinking something was going to happen. Something's going to happen. So these two girls go into the woods. They come back the next day. There's no rhyme or reason. They're fucking possessed. That's it. And there's a possession scene that lasts the better part of an hour. And there's some really bad CGI in it. And um, there's this whole debate going on online to where they say that the the film is anti-abortion in some way. I don't think it's that deep. I don't think it was meant to be um, perceived that way. But um, David Gordon Green directed it. I mean, we look at Halloween. I would say Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and Halloween, the remake, was all three better installments of the Halloween franchise than what this single film was. I think it was the point where David Gordon Green came out. Um, if you guys saw, um, he came out and said, I don't know if I'm going to be involved in any of the sequels because it was perceived that bad. I'm pretty sure only like two people in the huh. entire nation liked it. I have not heard anything good about it at all. Um, Didn't they spend like $400 million on just getting like the rights to make like uh, this, to make the movie and do like a trilogy set, which it made like what, like not even a hundred million back or something like that or close to it. Dude, they spent like $400 million. Yeah. And I will go ahead and ruin this for you because I'm telling you it's you're, and there's no spoiling this film. It's whatever. 
at the very very end they try to do this thing where they're bringing back um legacy characters so of course we get a cameo by um, linda blair she's in the movie for 30 seconds it makes absolutely no sense um it's it's just horrible i mean it's absolutely a, a poor excuse of a film i've never seen anything like it um, it felt extremely amateurish. Like it felt like it was a movie they made for like a hundred thousand dollars in a weekend. And they just wow. was like, Oh, let's do it. We're gonna throw it together. It felt like it was improv at times. It felt very unfinished, the entire thing did. Um, so I've never seen something that's so um, you know, convoluted, so boring, so cheaply done. And again, four hundred million dollars they spend on this and i think the budget was like an additional 30 million or something so they're already the better half of a billion dollars on this series and it's absolutely terrible i don't think anybody liked it i don't think it made much of any sense i don't think it was good i hope they don't continue on the series again just leave the extras just like it be um i know chris is not a huge fan of the series i don't know about you mike the original exorcist series i love the exorcist i think we all do right yeah yeah i really love yeah. the the original the the og uh, is is by far the best then they what they make a re or a remake or a a, a a prequel or something like that then they make a few well i mean that was the one we just uh, that's the one i just watched but they have the exorcist too and i would have that's to right. say that the exorcist too is like citizen kane compared to this film, oh, and that's what yeah. and that one's one of the worst ones too like i hated part two it's so boring yeah oh, yeah part two is much better <laughs> it's so part two absolutely is atrocious right it's terrible and it's yeah, such and a better film part three is jeffrey Dahmer's favorite film love that one <laughs> we just i mean honestly though <laughs> The third one. I mean, he's he's kind of onto something there, guys. I mean, he's, that's you're going to sit here and you're going to watch this. I want to watch the movie, Mike. I want to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, one my out sister, of ten. Speaking of that, yeah, my sister one. saw and she's a big horror fan, and she said it was absolutely god awful. She said I. Awful. She she said out of respect to most movies, she's like I I've only walked out on one movie in her entire life. But she said I wanted to do it, but her wife wouldn't let her, so she, they stayed and finished it. And she said it was awful. Dude, it's so bad. It is so bad. It's a one out of ten. I could not push that any further than that. It's the worst horror film of the decade. I've not seen a horror film that bad since, like, I mean, it's been I don't even know. It's been years. <laughs> since the Exorcist, the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, honestly. <laughs> That's I'm that, that, that you're onto something, Chris. I mean, that is pretty. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um. This <laughs> I'm gonna go to just I'm gonna I want to talk about this film because I know you guys have watched this. Um, totally killer. Because oh yeah, yeah. talk yes. again about a yeah. polarizing October. What'd you guys think of that? It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, it was it. a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I. <laughs> I I mean, I just thought it was like hip like a hipster type of scary slasher movie. Um, I, I, I laughed, you know, somewhat in it. It was hit. Like I said, I guess if I could just think of one word for this movie, it was a hip slasher movie, you know, just, just hip. I can get that. Yeah. I can get down with it. Who, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Because it feels very much like, like a Kevin Williams Williamson film. Yeah, and I was going to mention that too. I don't know. Let me see. Because he wrote, you know, he wrote guys. the, you know, he wrote Scream. He wrote Halloween H two. I, I was going to say, I could see a lot of Scream similarities in it. You know, kind of the quirky, funny, 
still bloody, you know, parts of it. It's interesting because I, it does feel Kevin Williamson and it kind of also feels, I mean, it's a Blumhouse film. I was going to say it feels very Blumhouse. Um, so obviously Jason Blum's the producer. Um, it looks like the writer is, there was two, but one of them was um, Jen D'Angelo and she wrote Hocus Pocus 2. And she's going to be writing Hocus Pocus 3. That's interesting. It's weird. Yeah, it definitely feels like a Kevin Williamson script. But I, I really liked it. I was, I was very surprised by this movie. I, I went into it because people online kept saying how great it was. And I was like, you know, it's, it's not going to be that good. It can't be that good. And went into it unprepared and thought that it was a lot of fun. It was funny. And it it yeah. took itself serious when it needed to, but there was so yep. much laughs during that as well. It's one of those movies where it's it's a comedy, but everything that happens is done seriously. But the characters and the actors all play it serious, so it comes off really funny. And they, they did it very well, and I really enjoyed it. It's like the it's like it's like a sex comedy movie mixed with a horror film without the sex. <laughs> that makes sense. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My yeah, best comparison good. is it reminds me of like Freaky, Happy Death Day, those kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that, that's that, that, good science. yeah, the actress in it actually looked like the same girl from Happy Death Day. And whenever I started watching this, I was like, that's the same girl? Oh, it's, I wish. It, do you guys not think it's very suspiciously close to Happy Death Day? <laughs> right? It, it's it, kind of yeah. like Happy. It's, it, it's basically if you love that movie, um, I want to say there's a scene and I'm like, I'm going to give it all the stars. I'm going to give it just because they featured a kill and a Gravitron. I fucking thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but she was in the Gravitron and he's like, yep. like walking towards the Gravitron. It cracked me up so much. I'm like five stars just because, you know, this, this whole entire scene, the Gravitron's genius, but I like the mask too. I think it's kind of cool. And I like the opening, yeah. how she's like, we know like all these like damsels in distress and horror films and stuff and final girls and Julie Bowen's character, the mom, she's like, hell no, no one's going to get me. I prepared all my life for this. And then he shows up and she's like a gun hidden. She like knows like Shih Tzu, not Shih Tzu. <laughs> she, she knows like Taekwondo. She has, she has an evil Shih Tzu, you know. Um <laughs> Um, the guns in the shit zoo. Um, no, but I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. I did. I mean, okay, to be Debbie Downer, I did have a little bit of problems with the plot, but it was so funny and it was, yeah, it's a plot about time travel. You cannot be accurate when it comes to time travel. There's a lot, even right, future had problems. I mean, you can't be accurate with it because it's something that doesn't really exist. So, Chris, are you suggesting that time travel doesn't exist anyway? So I personally <laughs> had a problem with the time traveling, but that's just that's just me being you know overly critical. But I thought you know I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was totally killer. It was totally, totally killer. killer. Hell yeah! Totally I killer. give it a so um I give it a six out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I gave I gave it a seven just because I thought it was it has everything that I like in a. Like uh, a comedy horror slasher, it kind of filled all three of those like topics. Um, it, I laughed when I needed to. I I did. I wasn't scared by all means, but 
there were some jump scenes, you know, um, and it was fun. Like I said, uh, all the characters were, you know, enjoyable for the most part. Um, the only thing I could say, I kind of called the killer on it. I felt like it was always that the the jealous, what is it? The boyfriend, oh, not the boyfriend. Yeah. I called that early, right when they first down sat down at the cat or was like a coffee shop or something. I was like, I bet he's the one. And by God, he was. But oh yeah, same here. Even though it was that easy, I still really loved it. I loved it. It was a good movie. It was fun. It was not. I was not expecting a lot. I, I got more out of it than what I was expecting. Yeah, maybe because I went into it not really thinking I was going to like it, and it surprised me more than what I thought it would. And maybe it's because I watched so many other just on average films throughout the month of October as well um, that it really just caught me off guard. And I gave this movie an eight. It was one of the best movies that I watched all month long of October, and I I really enjoyed it. And when I finished watching the movie, it was one of the only films that I immediately wanted to rewatch as soon as I stopped. Like, I wanted to turn it back on and watch it again because I thought it was that fun. No, but yeah, I think it's definitely more of a comedy than it is horror. But yeah, it does have for that. Sure. I mean, you could call it a horror because that's slasher elements. But um, it's like one of those like horror movies you put on if you don't want anything too heavy. You just want to like hang out. You know, it's like a beer and pizza movie, if you will. So I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do this. I'll put it in that same regards of not, not expecting a lot. Remember... Did we all see Sick through COVID? Like the, the movie Sick? Yeah. Enjoyed it. Chris hated it. I, I, wasn't, I, I enjoyed it. Did not expect a lot out of it. But it was not like funny, like, you know, totally killer. But I really enjoyed the kills on that. But um, just kind of speaking on those terms. Didn't expect a lot, but got more out of it than what I did. Um, what else did we watch? Oh, well, I didn't. We haven't watched it yet, but. What do you all think about the slasher coming out this week's uh, Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm excited. Um, Me I too. Mean, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun. I've been wanting this for a very long time. Um, it's It was actually an original um, trailer that was on Grindhouse, and I've thought the trailer was absolutely fantastic. And I've been, you know, it's been rumored for what, like 10 years now? <laughs> and we finally get it coming out. So. It kind of reminds me back to like those like Alexa Vega and Machete style movies. Um, yeah, but again, so. I don't. If you remember that trailer though, it, it when it came out, there's a lot of stuff that relates to it that are extremely over the top, like over the top. It it looked like over the top gore and violence. It looked like over the top nudity. Just a very exploitation film, or at least the trailer was, you know. And then when we get this new one. It's very slick. Like it looks like one of these new movies. It has that film quality to it. And the other one didn't. The trailer was very, very retro. It looked like it came straight from the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this is not going to be what that trailer, the original trailer offered. It's not going to have that over the top nudity and violence and gore. It's just going to be a very straightforward. Like if it wasn't for maybe one or two scenes, it would be a PG-13 horror movie. Or maybe because of the language, it'll be a PG-13 horror film. Because um, Eli, Eli Roth has a lot of language and stuff in his films. And I, I don't really like any of his films except for maybe one. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm not – I really want to see it, but I just – I'm not expecting the best uh, from this movie. I'm well, expecting maybe this it to be very let down. Well, maybe this will shock you, pervert. Maybe there will be a lot of titties and nudity in it, okay? God. I hope. I, he's, he's, like, 
He's like, you know, I was excited to see it until I realized there wasn't gratuitous nudity. Nudity. Now I don't want yeah. to see it at all. That's no, how I like my nope. horror. Nobody's tits <laughs> are getting chopped off. I don't really want to see it. Like you know, the scene in the trailer, the original trailer uh, from Grindhouse, where the girls jump on the trampoline and she does like the split, and then there's the knife that comes up through the trampoline. Yeah, yeah I do. Like I guarantee you, that scene is not going to be like that in the movie, and I'm, it's going to be very let down because I I want to see over the top exploit like to the point where it's so over the top that it makes you laugh you know that's what i want to see in these movies mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like it's going to be that way it seems like it's going to take itself more serious and it's not going to be that retro exploitation film that it's, it played out to be originally i guess i mean we'll see um, i think we'll it looks see, good we'll see, uh, i think it's cool because we don't have a lot of um thanksgiving horror movies and it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like how many times can you watch blood rage so I think it's interesting <laughs> to see that we're, you know what I mean, that we're getting more. Um, so I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, um, I, I do want to say, um, have you guys seen? Have we talked about this? Is I don't know if we have or not, but um, no one will save you. Have we talked about that yet? We have not, oh, but yeah. I, I did watch it. Yeah. It was one of the, it was the first movie that I watched to kickstart the October movie watching challenge, and I, I liked it. But at the same time, I was very disappointed with it as well. Um, if if anybody have, who is listening hasn't heard of it or hasn't seen it, it is it's an alien abduction movie, and it starts off and it plays off like the opening of an alien abduction film. But then it switches itself up, and to me, whenever after the first like fifteen minutes, it loses everything that the movie set out to be, uh, in my personal opinion. Um, I wanted it to be really intense and really scary, but then they show the aliens in full for a very long time, and they all have these weird characteristics to them, like they have these special abilities that each alien can do, and it, it's very off-putting. It makes it seem like it's a like it's making fun of itself, but not really in a way to make you laugh. I don't know if, if that makes sense yeah. to you, but like it was very very strange. And I'm going to spoil this for people. Uh, if you're listening and you don't want the spoiler for this, just kind of skip forward a little bit. But um, the ending, and Mike, if you don't want to listen, you can cover your ears. Um, right, that's okay. The last 10 minutes of the movie is this lady dancing around a ballroom by herself. And you don't know if, like, it's all in her head, like nothing really happened. Like it was, I don't know. It did not make in. Like the aliens are still there in the, like on land, and they're just not paying any attention to her anymore. And I don't know. It was very confusing, and I didn't understand it, and I did not like the ending of it. And, and that was one of the most off-putting things to me as well. Like as soon as it ended, I just wanted it to be done, and I did not want to restart it again. I, I didn't see it. I agree, though. I mean, I I did watch it. I was so excited for it too because it's been a while since we've had a, a decent alien abduction movie, and I'm not like a huge fan of that subgenre of horror. But I thought it was going to be pretty good because the trailer looked really good. But uh, let's just be honest; they tried to do this weird grief metaphor at the end, and I'm like, I'm kind of tired of that, um, especially with an alien film. So the entire story, um, like Chris said, is basically you see these aliens from the get-go, which I didn't have a problem with, but the aliens are almost like her alienation. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. her, 
her desire of like being alone and like wanting you know she's lost people in her life and she's going through this like sad time and she's having a hard time coping so the aliens um and the abduction almost makes her almost the end it almost makes her feel rejuvenated in a way i don't know how to describe it it's really bizarre um, i don't know i didn't like it the main character also was very unlikable like i did not care that she was being abducted or haunted i love the idea of like as the aliens was going through the house like there were moments where i was like okay this is good this is cool there's a scene where she like hides behind the refrigerator and you can see the alien kind of in the corner and it's a very fun like kind of like almost scary scene like i didn't really get really scared throughout but that was a very but effective scene i thought it was also and, i don't know how you feel about this but it was also all the aliens were like cg'd and it wasn't the greatest cg so anytime mm-hmm. that they showed them which a lot it took me out of it completely i had no interest in seeing them anymore i just wanted them to be off screen and show like what they were going to do no, I agree with that too. Um, and I try to be very like open-minded with CG because I understand like, hey, you know, we now have computers, money-wise, um, studios and all this. And technology is getting better to where you can do better CG um, now than you could 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, you know. But this CG looked very unfinished. Again, another unfinished horror movie. We have The Exorcist oh. Beaver. It has unfinished looking CG. This film has unfinished looking cg it looks as if it was just quickly thrown together and i mean maybe i know it's very expensive to to make a movie with a lot of cg and from the get-go no one will save you has tons of alien encounters and the aliens i'm pretty sure are all cg i mean they may have a slight practical effect here and there coming through but 99.9 percent of the alien encounter has been cg and I think maybe it's just because there's so much alien, we get so much CG and they have such a little bit of time and money to deal with it. Cause this was a direct to Hulu. Um, but they got a decent budget. I don't think it was like super low budget, but um the CG definitely was not good. Um and the story, Chris, did you get the story? I didn't get the I got what they were trying to do with the story, but I thought that fell beyond flat. Like it absolutely. I, I got a, a little bit, but they didn't really tell you anything. You just you're jumped right into the story immediately, and it's like it, it's almost like you missed a scene or a couple scenes. It's like what happened? Like why why does nobody in town like her or talk with her or acknowledge her? Like it was very weird. And then like you learn throughout that something with her best friend uh, growing up, uh, and there's these flashback moments, and then there's the whole scene where you're taking to that entire scene and watch it play out toward the end. And I I didn't understand how that correlated to everybody else that was in the town. And I don't know. It was very weird, very off-putting. Yeah, to me. she felt guilt. Like, right. So we have a very personal thing here going on with this character. And she feels that guilt. She feels like she's responsible for her friend's death. She feels like she's completely alone in this now and she's very reclusive and she doesn't want to be around anybody she's hurting and then we have yeah like, but you you see that she you, is yeah you see that take because it's been her. she's she's a grown-up now she's living by herself she's an adult that happened when they were kids so it had to be at least 10 to 15 years and she this these aliens start to attack she runs into town 
And it's like one of those scenes, like, you know how in like, you know, those old Christmas movies where the guy runs into town, he's like, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's like everybody's <laughs> on the corner watching him come through the town. It's like mm -hmm. that. But she's running down the town. Everybody opens up their windows and looks through the blinds and sees her running downtown. And they're all like immediately closing them. Like they they don't want to do anything with her. They know who she is. And it just that I don't know. It didn't play off the way it needed to be, in my opinion. There was no relation to it. There's it didn't you didn't care about it. Because they didn't set it up for it. You just, here's it. Here's what happened. Here's the backstory. Well, I, why should I care about her? Like, there's no reason to care for it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And why the hell are there aliens? We have two completely different stories going on here. We have an alien attacks movie versus this absolutely just sad, you know, I'm 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 looking back at my life kind of thing. So they don't fit. They don't mesh. I did not like it. Um, I don't think there was many redeeming factors. There were a few things I was like, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that's really off-putting to it is every new Alien movie that comes out does the same sound effects. And it's any time that a <laughs> spaceship happens or somebody gets abducted, it's always this high, well, I guess low, um, excuse me, it's this low metallic hum. It's like, Womp, 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 womp. And it's like just stop it's annoying it does it every single scene with every single spaceship and it's like every movie does it the trailer does it and it's like i don't want to hear that anymore i say instead of watching this movie watch arrival because i love arrival and it's a much better film about you know grief and aliens and i would definitely suggest it over this um yeah. i'm trying to think of a rating because when I first watched it, I was like, it was it was all right. I didn't hate it. But the more I thought about it and over the time um, since I've watched it, because it's been, you know, several, several weeks now, I've kind of started to hate it. <laughs> like, I just do not like that character at all. And I don't want to say like, oh, it's a two, um, because as much as I hated it and want to give it a two, you have to give it a little bit of credit for what it tried to do. It didn't do it but it tried to do it. So I'll be nice and give it a four. Yeah. So I initially gave it a five because it was like, maybe somebody might like this. Maybe somebody likes the intense, you know, moments in the house with the aliens. Um, so I gave it a five just as a recommendation, but the more I thought about it and even talking about it now, I think a four is probably where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people out there who who like it. I mean, like the internet was like, "This is so, you know, original," and I love this about it. And people were talking it up. Like there were people giving this film, you know, sevens, eights, nines. So I was all excited about it. And that weekend, people were just like, "Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. It's so good." And I, I press play, and I'm like, "Are we watching the same fucking movie here? Because it's it's <laughs> not that. You know, it's not it." Yeah. Um, but it's not terrible. Like I can't say it was, you know, on the level of like Exorcist Believer or something in terms of how bad it was. But it did feel unfinished. It wasn't too polished, and there was not one likable character at all. What else? You guys, you guys watch anything else you want to highlight for October? Um, thinking about it, I mean, there's there's so many things that happen. I'm trying to even remember all these films. But I know that Chris, you watched thirty one. What would you say your favorite discovery was? Uh, well, I really wish I had that list. I printed off a list of all thirty one movies that I watched 
and I completely forgot about it and I left it at work today. So I don't have it in front of me for reference. And my mind is awful when it comes to remembering which ones I watched. Um, but one of my favorite ones, and it wasn't, I guess not really a discovery because it was brand new, uh, but it was the shutter exclusive of uh, VHS 85. I really, I really like that series. I think it's a lot of fun. It's very, mm -hmm. it's hit or miss with some of the stories, but very rarely are you intrigued throughout the entire film when it comes to a VHS movie. And this one, I really was. Uh, the first story that started off, I was, I was very on the fence about it at first because it, there's a story that involves these people that are just having fun time out on the lake. They're, they go camping for the weekend or whatever, and they're, they're out boating and, you know, skiing on the lake, water skiing. And somebody starts killing them off one by one. And it's done very, very realistically. And at the, like, it looks, it looks very real. And, and then it just stops and it goes to like another story. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why is this? It's like half of a story. It, it literally lasted like 15 minutes. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, I didn't get a story. There's no plot. There's nothing. It just starts off with people on the lake and then now they're dead and no, nothing happens. It's like, okay, this just a death scene. It's weird. Then you get the next story. And I was like, well, it doesn't really tie together or anything. Like, they're just throwing random stories together, like random stories here. And then you finally get like the tie around and I, it put the first story together. And then the second, the second story played in. And it was a really good good story as well. I, I'm not going to get in depth with each one of them because they're very short. And if you say anything about them, it's just spoiling the entire thing. But mm -hmm. uh, altogether, like I I found myself really really liking them. It's, they're very intense. Uh, one of them has to deal with like this building collapse, and there's like this there these workers that are are there to get uh, all the people out of this building that's about to collapse from the ceiling. Like, they're on like floor four. And they're like trying to evacuate the building before it collapsed. And they're taking these people down the flight of stairs. And it's, you know, the the walls are falling apart. The ceiling's coming down and they're trying to get down. They end up going to the basement area because it, the roof or the floor collapses. And it's just, it's really intense and really well done in my opinion. And it just gets better and better with each one of the stories. And overall, this was probably my second favorite VHS film aside from the first one, just because I think that first story in the first VHS film, like is by far one of the best ones. Um, so I gave this movie an eight out of 10 and I highly recommend anybody Damn. that gets a chance to watch it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Awesome. No, I love VHS. Um, I've not had a chance to watch this, the newest one yet, but it looks super interesting and they always secure like really good directors. And I, I respect that. I like that a lot. And shutter has been keeping it alive and well. Because every year, I think every year, right? They got a new one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely something I need to get around to watching because I have not had a chance to check it out yet, but love it. Well, so on one side, you have your favorite movie, but I know recently you stumbled upon a list of some of the worst movies. Share with uh, us. Yes. Give us that knowledge. I, I thought this would be fun. I didn't know if you guys would be into this or not. You know how I like to watch bad movies, um, but I picked up a magazine recently, and it is Horror, The Ultimate Celebration, and it's a new magazine. It came out this year. I, I'm guessing it came out just for like October release, but it's by the makers of Total Film Magazine and SFX Magazine, and in here, they have a list of the 50 worst horror movies of all time, 
And that's just their that's their lift, their choices. I don't know who who wrote it. Let's see who wrote this. Um it says words by Simon Kinnear and Jamie Graham. I don't know if that's their actual those two people are the ones that came up with the list or if they're just the ones that just wrote it into the magazine. I don't know. But I wanted to go over the first five that were on this list and just talk about them for a brief moment and see what your guys' thoughts are. And then every time that we do a new episode, I'll go down the list and do five more until we get to the number one spot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I love these kind of like lists that comes up and I love like seeing like what people's interpretation of the worst films are. So I'm game. Okay. All right. So uh, coming in at number 50 of the worst horror films of all time list is Plan 9 from Outer Space from 1959. This is the Ed Wood legendary film. That's not fair. I don't think that's fair, at least, because it was famously made as a B-movie, and Ed Wood was famous for making these B-movies. And yeah, while it was absolutely horrible, I don't know if I didn't necessarily... I think it's like I think it's a well-known bad movie, and that's why they put that on that list. I personally don't see it that way because you have to understand. So <laughs> I've never seen it. Really? No, so, me either. What happened was back in the day, <coughs> there was like fifteen thousand movie theaters, and they would do these massive deals with studios, and the studios would make these like major A-list movies. But in order for the theaters to screen the A-list movies, they also had to agree to a block deal that made them show the B-movies. The B-movies would have never been profitable, but they were forced to be profitable because they they were forced to show them. And obviously people bought tickets because everybody was showing these bad movies. And the reason they were bad was because the studio didn't put any money time financing script or anything into them hardly so ed wood was very famous as a director and that's why he's so well known today for making some of these b movies that were being forced out by the studios just so they could turn a profit so like plan nine from outer space is a difficult one because yeah it's terrible but look at the resources they had and look what he did and now people almost watch it as like one of those films it's like you know roll your eyes um it's santa claus versus the abominable snowman you know it's a mystery science theater 3000 classic so it's not really fair i think to say that's like it is a bad movie and i think it i mean you could say oh what's the 50 worst horror movies of all time it makes sense it's on there but again i just don't i don't think it's fair chris it's not fair <laughs> okay anyway um oh, I love you. number 49 is from 1984 monster dog and this one stars alice cooper as a rock star who is trying to shoot a music video but there is a monster dog on the loose either of you seen this i've never seen i've heard of this film but i've never seen it either i remember seeing it a long time ago uh, because it had alice cooper in it that's the only reason i think i watched it but i don't remember anything from it whatsoever all right so we'll just move on alice Um, cooper yeah, he's done a lot of horror stuff. He did, you know, he was in uh, Freddy's Dead. Um, he did the Friday the Thirteenth Part Six uh, song for uh, the Man Behind the Mask. Uh, so he's he's known in the horror world. Yeah, it's like him, Ozzy, and Rob Zombie. Yeah, maybe Marilyn Manson, but not so much. All right, number forty-eight, and Brain Damage from nineteen eighty-eight. 
And I think this might be the one from Frank Henenlotter, the one with like the uh, little earworm that gets in there and like controls this guy's mind. Looks like an LSD type. Oh, have you seen this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I have. <laughs> yeah, like the ear, like the little worm thing gets in his brain and it tells him like what to do, and like the more he has it in him, like the more deranged he gets. Yeah, I, I like it way back in the day. <laughs> And it talks to him. It talks to him. Yeah, I. uh, I don't. I I don't think it's bad. I don't think it deserves to be on like the top fifty worst films. It's kind of like a comedy horror, right? Like comedy horror, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm looking this up because I want to make sure. I'm going to see what. What was the guy's name? Was that Frank Kinnelar? If I'm remembering right, okay. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Because he did. He did Basket Case. Wasn't the main dude in it, like, wasn't there a character named Brian or something, or God, what, I can't think of his name. Main actor in it, like, he was Yeah, that Brian, game. that's Rick Hurst, yes. um, yeah. Jennifer Lowry. Yep, um, I see it. It's not a bad, I don't know what they're talking about. I thought that was actually a lot of fun. I love yeah. Basket Case and all those things. Yeah. Any kind of yes. movie that has, like, those weird creatures. He's the same guy that did uh, Frankenhooker. That movie was great. Yeah. Yeah, I, what I can, yeah, wasn't a bad movie. Um, all right, moving on I've... to number 47. I think you guys are going to have some words on this one here. So number 47 of the worst horror films of all time list, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 from 2009. I mean, I can definitely agree it's one of the a... worst movies, especially before Halloween I... related. Before uh, see... I comment, sorry. Before I comment on this, Chris, can I ask a question that may give away something in the future? But I just am, I think this is important before I make a comment to answer. Okay. You could say no, but here's my question. No. Is Rob Zombie's Halloween on the list lower than that? I don't know. I did not read this list to go through. I just I, I saw this list here and I thought, hey, I'm gonna save this and I'm gonna read this. So I can only see 50 through 44 right now, so. Okay. I'll comment. <laughs> I'm not spoiling you. All right. Um, I don't think, yeah, it is a bad movie. I, I used to like this movie when I first watched it in theaters. I actually watched it like four times in theaters. And I I had a really good theater experience with it. I don't know if it's just because of the way I watched it and the people that I watched it with, but I had a lot of fun. And then over the years, as I watched it more and more, I hated it more and more. And even up to this past couple years, whenever uh, I watched it again for a marathon, I hated this movie so much where I I did not even want to finish watching it to finish off the marathon. I will tell you this. The White Horse. The White Horse, Mommy. The The White White Horse was terrible and the, the fuck, 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 fuck was awful. I mean, <laughs> but in the opening scene though, like where he's like chasing her around the hospital and like destroys the nurse, the those scenes were awesome. The the first few, what, ten minutes of the movie wasn't bad. But the other yeah, the, the, the dream sequence, the part that wasn't real. <laughs> wasn't real, yeah, was great. But the rest of the movie was complete shit. Or yeah, zombie. I mean, I just want to say I think that I've never described the Halloween series as a whole being a complete catastrophe. But man, 
is Rob Zombie's two installments a fucking catastrophe? That is absolutely horrendous. I do not like the first one at all. The second one, I thought, had some interesting ideas. And, you know, both of them, cinematography was very interesting. I think it it felt very raw. I think it kind of felt, you know, it kind of captured the essence of what Michael Myers' character should be, if if that makes any sense. So I did appreciate that. And I think that it was interesting to see. But man, are those films awful. And Halloween 2, I mean, honestly, isn't even as bad as the first. I mean, they're both fucking terrible. And I equally together, they belong on that list. And if it's not further down, if Halloween isn't, I'm going to be very upset. Because Halloween that's the thing. is... Is as bad as a movie as this is, like I absolutely hate Halloween two now. But I don't think like you know I have seen some really bad movies. So I mm-hmm. don't think that it deserves to be on this list of at least fifty. Maybe if there was like maybe a hundred or a two hundred list, possibly, but I don't know. I just I think there's far worse movies out there than this film. Oh, I uh, agree with that a hundred percent. I do want to say I would keep it right through though. I think that that's where it belongs. <laughs> or higher. Yeah, yes. so the, this next one here, I do not agree with this one whatsoever. I don't understand why it's on this list. I don't consider this a bad movie. And I'm actually kind of mad that they put it on here because I really like this film. So coming in at number 46, which will be the last one we talk about from this list today, unless you want me to keep going. It's up to you guys. Um, number 46 from 1987. The Gate. Ooh, that's what? a good one. That's a good that's one. The one that's with St- Stephen Dorff. Yeah, I love this movie. I think it's yeah, a lot of fun. The people yeah. who wrote this what? list just don't like having any fun at all. It sounds like if it's a fun horror movie, they're they're out. They want the depressing that's, shit. That's two on the list. Brain damage and this is not. This should not be in the top fifty. Or on, they shouldn't be on the list at all. There should be no list yeah, whatsoever yeah, agreed, of bad right, horror yeah. films that this is on. Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Those two should not be on it. Yeah, and the gates one of those very captivating um, covers too. I think even more than the film. Sometimes I I look at the VHS artwork and the original poster. And I know this has nothing to do with the actual film, but whenever I see that, it just feels very like fun 80s horror and it makes me like smile like when i see the the artwork for it and i remember going to like video stores and stuff as a kid and going to that horror section that had been there for so long and seeing that vhs of the gate there and the way it looked i just absolutely love the cover and everything there's a really out good there's a really cool special effects scene too and if you remember there's a scene where there's one giant monster, like creature or whatever you want to call it, that's like in the bedroom of this little boy. When he wakes up, he sees this like giant monster and he turns mm-hmm. the light on and it tries to get away or something and it falls. And when it hits the ground, it immediately like turns into all these little tiny creatures that run around. And that was done with um, actual like person in suit mixed with stop motion animation. And it was I mean, it's seamless. Like, it looks really, really cool. It all looks like it's in the same shot. It all looks like it's all practical. It's done so well, and it's really cool. Hmm. Interesting. I don't have a problem with it. I absolutely just, I'm in love, so I don't know what the deal is. That's actually, like, three of the five. I'm, like, scratching my head yeah. on. <laughs> so, 
I mean, I'm I'm very yeah. curious to see what the rest of the list entails because that that's fun. I think we should continue that on. Yeah, I agree. All right, so before we, I guess it's it's about that time, y'all. We wrap this one up. Um, before we go though, Halloween just ended, and looking back at it, I have always been a big fan of Halloween candy, and I wanted to bring something to your guys' attention, a PSA to anybody out there who likes Halloween candy. Reese cups are not the same. I don't know if you guys have had them lately. <laughs> this is completely unrelated to horror, but this is at least relating to Halloween. Because I, as a kid, I absolutely love Reese cups, but they were dry as the Sahara. And I got several from several different people, tried it from different places, and something with the formula is not the same. I just wanted to put that out there. If anybody else has had this experience with a Reese cup, let me know because I'm telling you, it's not the same. I'm on the other end. I used to hate Reese cups as a kid, and I actually like them now. What the hell, Chris? Because you're you're dry. (laughs) (laughs) My dry sense of humor. Fuck you guys. (laughs) Dry for a dry sense of humor. Mike, what's your favorite candy? Ooh man. Uh, Well, yes. If you don't love Reese cups, you're you're a terrorist. So. I, yeah, Reese Cups is probably up there. Also, I love Twix. Love Twix. Um, they're they're up there. And then I'm a little I'm a little oddball, but I like Paydays. Yeah, that is odd. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I, I, I they're, love, they're good. They're good. I like them. Oh, very well. On that, um, I think that we have had a very successful Halloween. Yes, I was doing a little um. I, I flipped it up for um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You just light your whole room on fire. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> your whole computer like catches fire. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. We had we had a great episode trying to yeah. light this fucker on fire. <laughs> I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. Fucking it's already flooded. Let's just burn it down. Um, yeah. no, but I had a great time talking with you guys. We covered a lot of really good movies. I think we had a really good October. I saw some of the shittiest films this month. Among the best. So polarizing but that's how we like it you know so um let's enjoy the last bit of our halloween candy that we have like comment subscribe give us feedback reach out to us talk to us we love y'all we'll see you on the next one peace peace out